You're tuned in to The Keetra Show and listening to SOB, Style of Business, the podcast with your host, Keetra. We aim to highlight the ongoing trek of entrepreneurs and business owners from around the globe, featuring stories that recount their struggles, experiences, and inevitable road to success and self-fulfillment. Welcome to SOB. Hey, what's up, guys? Thank you for tuning in for another fantastic episode of SOB Style of Business. You're here with your host, Keetra, and today I am speaking with the wonderful, wonderful, wonderful Miss Nia Perry. And you guys will find out here in just a minute why she's so wonderful, an acquaintance that I had the opportunity to meet several months ago, and she's been so nice and, and good to me, and I definitely wanted to finally have her on the show. She is the founder and CEO of Gradient Global Collective. She has a lot of different exciting events and uh, content and all that other stuff, empowering people, helping women across the globe. And we're going to let her come in and have her little introduction, and then we're going to roll into the interview. So, Nia, help me out here before I run out of breath. You're doing so much. You're doing so much, I don't know where to stop. So let me pause and give you a minute to give us an introduction and just a little brief, and then we'll keep rolling from there. Yeah, I'm happy to. Thanks, first of all. Thank you so much for having me. It's so nice to reconnect with you again. This is just number two of many meetings to come. So I guess, you know, I'm from originally from Brooklyn, New York, Bedside, Brooklyn, you know, home of Jay-Z. Oh, and okay. the B.I.J. You know, shout out to Brooklyn. I always have to get that in there. Doesn't matter mm-hmm. what I'm doing. Yeah, exactly. So New York City girl, pretty through and through. And I'd like to talk about my high school experience because it was such a formative time, even professionally for me. So... I attended a school in the Chelsea area of Manhattan called the High School of Fashion Industry. So it was a business-centric business school where I really, really gained so many really pivotal opportunities in my life, right? So I fell in love with marketing at that school. I had a teacher that taught it to be at a very early age. We're talking 16 and 17 years old. Um, and I had a, fell in love with it at that point in my life. I got my first job through that school, my first sort of professional mm-hmm. internship with that brand, uh, with a fashion brand through that school, and really caught the entrepreneurial bug at that time in my life. They had a buying program at the school, which was sort of, you know, unheard of to have that sort of experience in, in high school. And we would actually have to go out into the wholesale district of New York City. We were given stipends. Oh, wow. You would have to go buy stipends uh, wholesale and come back and sell it for great margins at the school boutique. So... I learned business really, really early on in my life, and it kind of has stuck with me throughout my career. So I always start there because, for me, that was such a, you know, a pivotal moment in my life, and I didn't realize it, but when you look back over your life, you can always see sort of how those things have such an impact on you. So I went to Clark Atlanta University from there, and we kick-started my career after college. Been pretty well-rounded. You know, I've been fortunate to work in uh, many business ver- uh, verticals, including retail, uh, worked in-store very early in my career, um, and then at the regional corporate level, um, I've worked in hospitality, both in a sales capacity and marketing, um, worked in public relations, where we had a really sort of diverse clientele base of feminine products to law firms, right, all kind of stuff. And then entrepreneurially, I've been done some B2B marketing and brand consulting, public relations, sponsorship proposals, handmade jewelry. Oh, you know, wow. I've really yeah. a lot. <laughs> exactly. I've actually gotten my license in the financial services space, which for me, uh, which is more to come on that later, you know, but uh, such a creative that to, to be in a, in a financial services space is, is, is sort of interesting for me. But my passion is really always, you know, an interest has always been in general in business, but also specifically technology. And then, of course, here I am 
having founded uh, my professional pride and joy, um, to date at least, right? Yeah. Radiant Global Collective in 2016. So. Oh, that is awesome. Awesome. Yeah, I, I tell you what, when I, when I was reading through like your bio, I was like, okay, what should we focus on? Because, because you, you have like a, a hundred different titles and, you know, the experience yeah. and, um, yeah. yeah. And I'm, I was just, I just found out earlier this week that you have a background in, in public relations. So that, that was really mm-hmm. interesting because I know I'm kind of from that background as well. So that was, yeah. that was perfect. So yeah. let's, let's talk a little bit about Gradient Global Collective. Yeah. I know there's a, several different components to that platform. Mm-hmm. And so tell us a little bit about what inspired you to create like this particular type of uh, media and production company, because I know you do a little bit of, you know, production as well. Yeah, for sure. So Grady Global really is sort of my, like I said, my professional sort of pride and joy. It's been a labor of love, as all of our entrepreneurial endeavors are. And so Grady Global Collective is a new media platform that spotlights the global community of black women entrepreneurs. It literally started with, like, a vision, right? So I, I literally created a vision board in 2015 about what I wanted this brand to be, what I wanted this company to be. But even prior to creating sort of, you know, the vision board, I've always kind of been in support of black women. I sort of grew up in the culture, if you will, you know, raised with a sense of personal pride, of cultural pride that has been sort of a, a through line, if you will, mm-hmm. in my entire life. So... You know, we're thinking about what, how I could translate that into a business and really support deserving group of, of women. It really came down to my passion, right? But mm-hmm. also data. So black women in America are the fastest growing group of entrepreneurs. That's sort of a known fact right now, but I don't know if people understand the, the growth, right? So from 1997 to 2005, there was a 265% up to 322%. I'm seeing different figures in that range of black women entrepreneurs uh, growing in this nation alone, right? Mm-hmm. But I sort of instinctively knew that, you know, our drive and make it happen kind of wherewithal really went beyond America sort of throughout the diaspora. And I wanted to explore and really develop something interesting and beautiful around that. Yeah. And I know like what I was kind of going back to your blog and just reading about the vision and how mm-hmm. you got started. That vision board, there's a clip of a vision board that's on one of those yeah. blogs. Now, is that the actual vision board that you work that on? That is the vision board. That is the that vision board. That is. is it. And what it, for me, it was just about having, and I'm kind of a, you know, I would say that I have a little bit of woo-woo with me. Yeah. yeah. You know, I like, there's value in that, right? Yeah. And I think that people don't, they, you look at data, you look at all these kind of hard metrics, but there's so much more going on at play, right? Mm. And Women need to see more of things that are tangible. You have to see it oftentimes to really believe it. And that's really the premise of the brand period, you know, about representation and about having something that's tangible and visible for somebody to see, hey, I can do it. It's possible. So that's what that vision was for me was. I've been doing it for my life, period. But then why not translate that into your business. Exactly. Yeah. And I, I must say that is the neatest vision board I have ever seen. Cause I, I have, <laughs> mine is a complete mess. <laughs> when I saw that vision board. Right. Because it's for you. Yeah. It's your vision. So yeah. It yeah. You're right. It, I'm just like, I'm a, I'm a visual kind of, you know, graphic brand person. So I get it. <laughs> yeah. But, but that's just me. I'm always, I'm a collage artist. I'm, you know, artist. Artsy, party kind of person, so. Yeah. Well, I tell you what, I can tell you excelled in art class, because when I saw that vision board, I was like, okay, does she take this? Is this a, a clip art or what? Because it, it's very oh, neat. So 
But I. Oh, thank you, thank you. You know what's funny about that? In college, you know, I was, I was always doing collages and that kind of thing in my, my presentations. They were always crazy. Yeah, yeah. But I remember a guy in college said, "What are you? Uh, what are you, arts and crafts major?" You know. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> That's cool. That's cool. No, I love that. I love that vision board. So tell us a little bit about, you saw a need to highlight black women entrepreneurs, obviously, and you, you put together the vision board and you started coming up with all these different ideas. Why was leading this charge partic- uh, important to you? Like, why was this particular angle important? You know, not only just entrepreneurs, yeah. but you decided to focus on black women. Right. Sure. So, um, as I mentioned, you know, I got the book for business in, in high school so early on. So, that for me meant digging into every important over every business publication like Inc. and Forbes and Fortune and then eventually on the television program. I used to watch the show. It was more of a, as an adult, but like big idea with Dr. Joyce, you know, I just oh, always yeah. was interested in how people got their start and what state entrepreneurs ticked. So I always would read them and kind of comb through that content, but I would always sort of zoom in on the black women because I was just so thirsty to see women that looked like me, right? But their stories were just so few and far between. So, you know, there were not a black women. I'm just looking for black people, period. You know, if there's yeah. no black people, okay, who are the minority people in the group? You know, exactly, or just women, yeah. period. Can, can I just get a little something? So there's always, there's always been an inherent need for that representation, right? And when, when you're exposed to it, you know what's possible for yourself. At least that's what was the case for me, and I think that's sort of a commonality. And then you can imagine yourself sort of in that same way. But, you know, even honestly with the pride that I have for, you know, for black people and, and, and who we are, I grapple, honestly, teacher, with do I position the company as, you know, to say women of color or minority women. But mm-hmm. it was like, no, we're talking about black women, deserve that platform. And, and so I wanted to, 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 like you said, lead the charge. Awesome. Yeah, I love that. Love that. And I know that you have been leading the charge and, and uh, you have definitely been putting together different events. And even over the summer, I know I had the opportunity to be a panelist on one of the, the events that you did. And I was really excited about being able to tell the story of how I got started with my first project. And you were really um, welcoming and, and inviting, especially and you had a, the audience was great. Everything was great about your yeah. uh, about that event. But tell us, like, what do you enjoy most about helping others like share their story. So you got like, you know, you go in, you cause you're not just handpicking people just for the sake of picking them. You actually, I was surprised to know that you had even read about some of the things I was doing. So that's how I knew. Like I was, I was like, okay, I didn't yeah. know that she actually took the time oh, to, to do that. I'm going to be prepared. Okay. Um, they were terrific by the way. And I thanks again for agreeing to do that panel. But I pray that I'm, what helps me to share, I, you know, I'm a giver really by nature. And I think my opinion of the real marker of success are how many people that you can help achieve their goals. That's really important to me. And so I share and I give to others frequently. And so with Radiant Global, for me, it was rather than bang my head up against the wall with media companies to do feature stories on us or to include us in their roundup articles or have what I call the sort of put me in coach mentality that sort of permeates the diversity and inclusion argument. For me, I'd rather build my own table for myself and right. for my people, right? We deserve the visibility, and I really believe that we deserve the level of excellence that we had never really been afforded. And really, even beyond that, you know, sharing these stories of amazing women from Haiti, Nigeria, Montserrat, you know, and right here in Houston, you know, like you, are really important. And we work just as hard. We have all the wins and losses like all entrepreneurs do. We just haven't had the same level of exposure. And so I wanted to make a difference. Difference, yeah. Yeah, and you, you're definitely doing that. 
And I know you yeah. you just mentioned a couple of the, the different countries you visited. And I, I know you've been traveling the world with the speaking engagements <laughs> and then just helping and working to empower people of all different backgrounds and nationalities. But have you noticed, like, is there like a common theme or like message across the board when it comes to black women entrepreneurs? Like, what is the common trend as far as like us knowing that we're capable of success? Sure. So, yes, I have traveled the world, but via technology for now, Keetra. Oh, okay. Well, that's still traveling. That's still traveling. You know, the overplayed humility yeah. is, is one. And uh, I know many of us struggle with that, even when we've experienced the success that we've sought. So those were some good, 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 good pointers. So let me know, like, tell us what the future of entrepreneurship for, for black women, what does that look like? I know that's not, there's no right or wrong or check this, yes or no. Wow. But tell us yeah. from your perspective, what does the future of entrepreneurship for black women look like? something to look forward to as we come up with different products and services. So that is some some good information there. So Nia, tell us a little bit about 
Gradient Global Collective, the podcast. I know that uh, yeah. you have a specific vision for that. And I checked out a couple of different episodes that, oh, that you good. have. Hey. Yeah, ex- <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So, it, I mean, it's great content on there. Some wonderful women you featured. Thank you. Give us Thank a little you. bit of information about the vision. The Gradient Global Collective podcast was really sort of our first media product. And it's a capsule collection where I really had the privilege of doing crazy amounts of research, finding and engaging with these really spectacular women from across the globe, Trinidad, Ethiopia, England. And the idea was to just honestly just give them a platform. And these women were so gracious because was a startup and still am a startup, right? But essentially, yeah. I had at the time, right then, I had no real presence, right? But yeah. they said yes anyway. So, you know, to kind of go back to your questions about commonality, so many of the women that I interviewed were just so honored and so grateful to be invited to the platform. And what was strange about it, though, not that it was strange that they were grateful, but these were pioneers of business, teacher like There's one lady in particular that I just, I always refer to her story because Everyone is just so special on the show, but this woman, her name is Martha Zilvan. She mm-hmm. is the CEO of Glory Industries, and they are literally the first toilet paper manufacturer in Port of Prince Haiti. This lady literally, she literally raised the health standards and life expectancy of her community because what she was able to do was offer toilet paper in a single roll for less than the price of a banana. We're talking about a very oh, wow. impoverished yeah. nation, right? And yeah. some people, are we going to eat? Are we going to, you know, use toilet paper? Like, it's in certain really poor communities, it's that, it, it comes down to that basic need. But she was able to literally raise the life expectancy of people because they can afford it. They can now buy tissues and make themselves, why, it's just a hygienic process, right? Which, of course, leads to your life expectancy to increase. So it was my honor, honestly, to really speak to these women and really give them some level of global visibility. And we saw some success from me because as a result of that, our platform reached over 50 nations, which I'm really proud of. Oh, wow. Yeah, that is excellent. 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 And I know you do a bit of coaching and, and mentoring and a lot of good things that you're doing within the local community. Where would you suggest, where would you suggest an aspiring entrepreneur start? Like if they have a, a product or an idea, what advice would you have for them? Yeah, so um, honestly, I would really start with just believing that it's possible for you. Like, it, it's possible for you. Don't be necessarily dismayed by, like, so-called competition because sometimes the first to market is not the best to market, right? And really, on the marketing front, really understanding who your, your target audience is, understanding your market. Uh, we live in a digital age where data and information abounds. So there's really no excuse as to kind of figuring out, you know, any information, quite frankly. But doing your market research is so critical. If you know people personally who you see as your target audience, you know, don't be afraid to ask them questions. Like, people are willing to kind of you spend a couple of minutes on the phone and say, hey, I have a couple of questions. Make it simple and quick. That's something that people are willing to do. What I will also say is not to be blinded or distracted by creating brand assets, your logo, your website. Those things are great. Yeah. But that really comes secondary to understanding who your audience is and really what motivates them. And of course, as a marketer, positioning is everything. I understand that positioning is everything. So in other words, you could be the 10th widget or something on the block, but everyone buys yours because of what motivates them sort of emotionally and psychologically. So if you can kind of tap into that 
and your your goals. Oh wow, that's perfect. Yeah, that's some great great stuff there, uh, Nia. We appreciate that. What are some ways that we as women can capitalize on building our businesses within our local communities? Because I, I know like sometimes you just mentioned, OK, you know, hey, the first product to market is not necessarily the best product. But, you know, sometimes that we get in these excitement mode to where we might have a vision or an idea. And the first thing we want to do is tell the world, you know, we want to do something on a national scale and we neglect Right. the local communities, but like, what advice sure. do you have? Like, how can we capitalize off of uh, building our business first within the local communities before even thinking about expanding? No, that's a great point. And I heard this expression, I don't know who said it. I'm just not on it. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> think, was it, think global, start local. I'm not sure who said it. I've heard that before. Though. Think, think global, start local, okay. right? So personally, for me, being around so many entrepreneurs right here in our backyard, for me, is important, right? Like I mentioned before, I get to personally tap into that audience ask them questions. Like, for example, hosting the, the Women in Technology panel as part of that Houston Tech Talks event was important for me for that very reason, right? Who are the core people around me that I can even selfishly connect with on a professional level that are coming from the same space who have done some of the same things, right? So there's that element. I mean, it really just helps to strengthen a core base, a base of people around you who understand what you're going through, who understand who may be your actual target audience. And then also just Locally, you know, there's so many startup resources and organizations that can maybe help you get launched or funding or, you know, you can gain clientele or contract opportunities. I mean, starting local is really the way to go. Even it doesn't matter what type of business you're in. So I really do sort of uh, employ entrepreneurs to kind of get out of their bubbles and just really get involved more locally. Yeah. Excellent advice. What's your goal going forward with Gradient Global Collective? I know you have some big plans and big ideas. Come on, Cheryl. (laughs) There's a scripture, right, that says, um, do not despise humble beginnings or small beginnings, something like that. And that's really what I feel about Radiant Global. You know, I have really large aspirations for the company, Keytra, but both with really global content development. So that's going to be a key area of focus for me but also becoming more data-centric as an organization, right? So mm. I'm really interested in digging in to get sort of better insight from the entrepreneur. Because as you know, black women, we're, we're innovators, right? right? We ideate, we set trends for everyone else to follow. So I'm really excited about sort of the long-term strategy and, and listen, I take steps every day towards those goals so yeah I see yeah. you working you're you you are definitely working and I can tell that marketing background comes out because you're always promoting and encouraging people whether it's on Instagram and, and Twitter so yeah. definitely Thank keep you. going we are going to be waiting you, for your next you. big thing and uh, before I we wrap oh yeah absolutely mm-hmm. absolutely and before we wrap up Nia I have one more question for you and then I'll we'll get into all the social media and, and how people can connect with you but what advice do you have or a words of encouragement for those women that are listening right now or even later? Like they may have an idea or a product, but they yeah. might be afraid to get out there and to do it. Or for those of us who just don't believe that we have what it takes to achieve mm-hmm. greatness. So what advice yeah. would you leave? Well, first of all, <laughs> I will empower your soccer. <laughs> exactly. I've because seen you. Yeah. All need and that doesn't mean that I don't face fears. I just really recently was like, ooh, afraid to stop thinking through something that I want to do. And I've had a level of fear. Yeah. But what I want to say is that allow yourself to really fantasize about what it could be. Like, what could this business be? What could your goal be? How big can it really be, right? And then honestly, that think about how large it could be and then 10x it. 
20 exits. Think about even bigger than that. Because those things are possible. If you see somebody like a Bill Gates and these people who have made a tremendous contribution to society, whether it's tech or whatever, it started with an idea. They started with a dream. So that's what I want to say. Fantasize about what it could be. Um, women in general tend to dream really small and sort of stifle ourselves from allowing us to think um, bigger. And, you know, like I said, I'm kind of woo-woo. So I believe in visualization. I really do. Create a vision for it. That's a tangible thing that you can do. What will it look like? Look at it every day. Think about it. Don't obsess over it, but put it down. Put it down on, on something tangible so you can kind of see what it looks like. You don't have to share it with anyone else. Everyone doesn't deserve to know what your big dreams are necessarily, right? You have to protect your dreams. In fact, you know, so you're comfortable sharing it with others. So that's mm-hmm. what I would say. And also, action really speaks louder than words. And I appreciate that you see me to a degree, right, with, with the work I'm doing. And I'm, I, my intention is to keep going, right? But mm-hmm. I, we've never had a conversation about that. But again, my actions are beginning your worth, right? Well, I'm working, and you see that happening. So actions speak louder than words. Rather than be out here on social and always talking about what you're about to do, what you know, it's going to do, those kind of things. <laughs> exactly. Results really show for themselves. I mean, we're all guilty of it to a degree. Yeah, but yeah. I think the more mature you become in business, you realize those things, that, that's all talk. People want to see what the results are. What are you doing every day? What are you producing that I can tangibly take away from? So I think that that's the critical piece. But just really, at the end of the day, you can absolutely do it. And there's so many examples around us to show you that you can. So yeah, that's, that's my advice. Yeah, no, that's fantastic. That's news we can all use. So you got to love that. All right, Ms. Nia Perry, before we wrap up, let us know where we can find you online along with Gradient Global Collective. If you have any upcoming events or projects, feel free to go ahead and let us know where we can get information on those as well. Yes, thank you so much. So the website is gradientglobalcollective.com. On there you can see the blog. You can see the, you know, you can listen to all the podcasts on there on all social media platforms. But we'd love you to follow us on Instagram. That's really where we're putting our energy and effort right now for our social concerns. We'd love you to follow us at Gradient Global on Instagram. And our latest project, we're really excited about it, is that we've now opened up the platform to be really a true collective. And so we're accepting guest contributor articles for our blog. So mm-hmm. that's really exciting. So that's going well. So if you have any of your audience members that are listening, Please, 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 if you're a black woman entrepreneur and you're interested in contributing and sharing your entrepreneurial journey with our audience, you're welcome to email us at info at gradientglobalcollective.com, info at gradientglobalcollective.com, and, you know, we'll send you out some information on how you can do so. And just personally, you know, connect with me if you'd like to. I'm on Instagram as well, at underscore, um, at CEO underscore Nia Perry, at CEO underscore Nia Perry, so... That's my personal handle. Perfect. Sounds good. And we will definitely be sure to include this on the show notes so everybody can go and get more information on you and the wonderful things that you're doing across the globe. So we definitely appreciate your time, Nia, and we look forward to having you back on soon. Yes, ma'am. Thank you again. I appreciate it. Absolutely. You take care. Thanks so much. You too. Bye-bye. Thanks for hanging out with us here on SOB. We hope this episode has been resourceful. If you'd like to check out the latest articles or follow Keetra's website updates, just log on to Keetra.com or follow her on Twitter at K-E-E-T-R-I-A.